Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church here taking your calls and texts live on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If there's something that has come up in your Bible reading that you're curious about or you'd like a little help with, uh, we'd love to help you navigate that and try and answer those questions. And uh, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. Or if there's something going on in your life that you'd like to know what does the Bible say about that, we'd love to talk with you about it. I want to welcome those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, uh, up and down the Front Range, all the way into Southern Wyoming, all the way down to Pueblo. Also, I want to say hello to everyone who is tuning in on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We're so glad you tuned in today. Welcome to the program. Also want to say hello to everybody who is listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. It's just great to see how God is spreading the reach of Calvary Live in this show. And uh, so glad that you are tuned in today and listening. Again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. You can call in with your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray with you and love to uh, talk about the scriptures with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Again, that text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Here at the front end of the show is always kind of the best time to get on the air if you have been wanting to call in. You have a question or prayer request. Now is always a great time because here at the front end of the show, we um, we tend to have open lines for a few minutes while we're waiting for those calls to come in. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Uh, just a few words about myself. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a Christian church here in Longmont, Colorado. We're a church that loves Jesus. We love to study the Word of God, and we love to worship Him uh, we have a great children's ministry. If uh, you have kids, we'd love to have you. So if you are in Longmont or in the Longmont area, in the surrounding towns, uh, we would love to have you come visit us on a Sunday morning and worship with us. So check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com. And join us on a Sunday morning. We meet at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is in right in downtown Longmont. So we're one block west of Main Street, on Longs Peak Avenue. So we're 700 Longs Peak Avenue is the address. It's the St. Vrain Memorial Building, northwest corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak in downtown Longmont. And um, we're right on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont. And we meet 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. And currently we're studying through the book of Romans. So we like to study through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we've been going through a verse by verse study of the book of Romans for the last couple months now. Uh, we've taken a couple breaks, but uh, we are now in chapter 9. We just studied most of chapter 9 this past Sunday. 
which is an interesting chapter. So maybe there's some of you listening and, and you would want to call in and talk about Romans chapter 9 because it's the chapter that has to do with God's sovereign choice, this idea that God elects people to salvation. Specifically, though, I mean, that I know that is what the chapter is about in part, but really the bigger picture of Romans 9, 10, and 11 is Paul is helping us to understand Israel and God's place for Israel in the big picture of his, you know, work of salvation that he's doing in history and in the world. And so the question is, what is the role of Israel? And it's actually a really good question. It's a question that a lot of people wonder about, even if they, they haven't really kind of articulated that, that that's what they're curious about. Because what it talks about there in Romans chapter 8, uh, in Romans chapter 8, Paul says several things that are really interesting about us as Christians. For example, he says that we are chosen. If, if you have put your faith in Jesus, it's kind of like you can imagine a door where you walk up to the door and on the front of the door it says, let any who wants to come enter. You know, whoever thirsts, let him come and drink. You know, uh, choose this day who, what you will believe. And so it says, if anyone wants to come, let them enter. So you enter into that door and it's as if you turn around and you look back and written on the and you now that you're on the other side of the door, you look back and then written above the door are the words, um, "You did not choose me; I chose you before the foundations of the earth." And and so this 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 dichotomy, like wow, so I thought that I chose God, but once I've chosen God, it seems that He tells me that now He's chosen me from before the foundations of the earth, and that's used as a very encouraging message there in Romans chapter eight, where He says, you know. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Once he has placed his love on you, once you are in that process, he is going to see you through. Not only will he justify you, not only will he save you, but he's even going to see you all the way through to glorification, which is when everything will be made right and we will be uh, who we were, uh, who God desires us to be. Everything will be in a state of perfection. And so it's given us this great sense of assurance that God will keep his promises and do what he says. And um, and so here's what's interesting is then the question could be asked, well, didn't God promise all those same things to Israel, that they were chosen, that he was going to see them through, that he was going to never leave them and forsake them? And yet now in the New Testament, some people would say, well, does that mean that God has, it kind of seems like all the promises God made to the Jewish people in the Old Testament, now it's kind of like plug and play, right? Like unplug the Jewish people, plug in the Christians, and now all these same promises belong to them. And it gets to the question, is this some kind of replacement theology where we replace Israel with Christians now? And Paul's answer to that is no, it is not the case. And he asks the question, well, did God's word to Israel fail? And he says there in chapter 9, verse 6, no. And he explains why that is. And uh, looks like we have a question on line one. So let's go ahead and go to line one. Uh, Lonnie and Byers. Hi, Lonnie. Welcome to the program. Hi. It's Wani with a W sound. It's oh, okay. Hispanic. Sorry about yeah. that. No problem. Well, yeah. So, so my so, question is, when did this replacement theology begin? I mean, become, um, you know, my um, husband was raised in the Dutch Reformed Church in South Africa, and they were replacement theologist, and then he was baptized into the Church of Christ, and they also, at the time he was baptized in the 60s, had the same theology that the Jews were no longer God's chosen people. He, you yeah. know, had replaced them with the Christian Church. Yeah, and so 
Uh, it's a great, we just uh, actually here at our office in Longmont, we just filmed a video to kind of talk about this and explain it. Here's the thing is that when did it originate? So uh, the reason I want to take your call so quickly after you called was because um, is because the exact question you're asking is exactly what we're talking about here in Romans chapter 9. Okay. And so I'll just answer the question first in this way. Uh, Paul is essentially asking that. D is this some sort of replacement theology, like God has replaced Israel with um, with Christians? And the answer is no. But then the other question then becomes, well, then if that's the case, then why is it that so many Jews have rejected Jesus and therefore they're not going to be saved and all of these things? And his answer there is found in chapter 9, verse 6, the second half, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Now, it sounds like a confusing statement at first, but it's really not if you understand what Israel means. So, for example, um, the word Israel, the name Israel, among other things, it means governed by God or ruled by God. So this is kind of a play on words he's making here where he's saying not all people who are descended from the Jewish nation, so not all ethnic Jewish people are governed by God. In other words, not okay. all Jewish people are part of the chosen line, the chosen people of God. And then he goes on to explain that. He says, for example, you got Isaac and Ishmael. Both of them are descended from Abraham. Uh, Isaac, God chose Isaac and not Ishmael. Uh, Jacob and Esau, both descended from Abraham and Isaac, but God chooses the one and not the other. And then that okay. gets into a whole bunch of other questions. Is that fair? is the big question he asks then. But to answer your question, when did replacement theology originate? Well, it would seem to me that it was already in play there in the early church. There were many people who were confused about it, and uh -huh. they were believing that um, God had replaced Israel with the church. Now, here's what's really important to understand. It isn't that Israel has been replaced. It's two things. Number one, that not all people who belong to the ethnic Jewish nation belong to the chosen people of Israel. That's number okay. one. And he makes that clear here in chapter 9. In several verses, he keeps repeating it over and over and making that point. Um, like in verse 27, he mentions that uh, even Isaiah said that it would only be a remnant of the people of Israel. So he says, Isaiah said concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant will be saved. So he's saying that within the greater nation of Israel, there is a smaller group within them who are the okay. chosen people. The second part is that it isn't that God has replaced Israel. It is that he has grafted people into that remnant or that chosen uh, line, which he refers to. He says you can think of it as a tree and branches being grafted into that tree. So that's, that's the two points. Uh, as to uh, when it originated, it would seem that it was already something that Christians were thinking about even at the time of Paul when he wrote uh -huh. to the Romans. Now, and then it's gone on throughout history. And, you know, I think a big thing for us to consider is that there was a really long period of time where, you know, it, it really seemed like Israel as a nation had kind of ceased to exist, that they had been in a way cast off or forsaken by God. Now, that, yes. that Paul makes that very clear. He says in Romans 11, verse 1, Has God rejected his people? And then he answers, No, by no means. And he, he begins to explain that it's not that he rejected them, it's that only a remnant of them are the true Israel, and other people, Gentiles, have been grafted in. Um, you know, so that during the time when Israel did not exist as a nation state for 
you know, two, almost 2,000 years. Yeah. Um, it was very easy to believe, you know, it's very hard to believe these promises. You know, you read all these promises. Well, God's going to do this in their land and this is going to happen in the land of Israel and this is going to happen to them. And you read about a temple and you're like, man, there hasn't been a temple for 1900 years. It's really hard to believe that it's going to happen now. And, you know, it makes sense why people would have thought that. And it also makes sense why there's been such a resurgence of understanding these things about Israel in the last let's say, over 100 years, really, since the Zionist movement really started to mm -hmm. gain steam. Wait, thank you. And um, may I have a, just a, a prayer request also? Absolutely. Uh, one of my sisters in the Lord, her husband at one time said he was a believer, but then he's turned his back on God, and he found out Thursday. Um, he's an ex-sheriff in Adams County, where I live, and um, he's been in a lot of pain. Well, he thought he was just, you know, he's going to be 65. He needed a hip replacement, and he just, stubborn man, wouldn't go to the doctor. And he went to the doctor um, Thursday of last week. They did a whole bunch of tests and blood work, and it turns out he has cancer in the bone. Okay. And... Um, they're really, you know, they're hopeful. There isn't a cure, but there is things that they can do. But the wife, who is a very faithful um, follower of their Lord, is just sad because her husband has turned his back on the Lord. And so the prayer would be that um, Gary would listen to the truth now that, you know, he's really yeah. at that point in his life and that there would be reconciliation with a son and his family um, who are out of state. Okay. Let's pray for them. So you say, okay. I think I got those names. Okay. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we thank you for Wani and her, her desire to know your word and to walk with you. And, uh, and we pray for Gary Lord. And just, I know that, uh, for example, here in, in Romans nine, Paul expresses, he says there, he says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for the, the my countrymen, my friends and family members who are not saved. And that is just so challenging. I hear that heart uh, in Wani too, just that sense of unceasing anguish and great sorrow. It's one thing that we are excited and joyful about the salvation that we have, but yet we are we are grieving and torn up about the fact that there are other people who don't have that and we want them to. And uh, Lord, we pray for Gary that you would use this things, bad thing, cancer, sickness, Lord, you would use it for good in his life. We pray that you'd use it to get his attention, get him thinking about eternal things, and really get him back to the place of, of surrendering to you again. Um, Lord, there's so much in this life where it, our lives are so fragile, and sometimes we need to be reminded of that, and we need to be reminded how short this life is and how long eternity is. And Lord, I pray that Gary would truly turn back to you, and you would use this difficulty for his ultimate good and for your ultimate glory. Lord, thank you that you put people in his life who care about him and pray for him. I pray, Lord, you give them endurance and patience and love towards him, and Lord, that you would really take hold of Gary's heart and bring him back to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Very, very Amen. much. And I, I always appreciate listening to you and the other pastors on the radio. 
whenever I can. So just thank you for your ministry. God awesome. bless you. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, we've got two open lines. The number to call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Rhonda in Colorado Springs. Hi, Rhonda. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, I have a question. So um, this is kind of about the subject of um, uh, what significance Israel has, but you're reading a verse that said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been listening to some of the teachings on um, on Grace of Them, and um, they were just talking about, like, like the ultimate sin is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and that's pretty much like where you're no longer accepted by God. Um, my question is, is um, I have a sister who um, committed suicide three years ago, and um, she struggled a lot with um, mental health issues, and um, she was into the occult. Um, she practiced witchcraft, um, pretty dark stuff um, from a young age. Yeah. Church. And she turned her life around, recommitted her life to the Lord, um, was on that path with God, and was really making progress. And then she, I don't know how she got caught up in it again, but um, basically really off the deep end, got very, very dark, um, very gothic, Back and wore white makeup and, you know, just had the whole outward and inward appearance of evil. And um, she was practicing witchcraft before she died. She was reading tarot cards. She was charging people to read their cards and things like that. And, um, you know, as much as um, her family um, just was saddened by that and had been exposed to the occult, because she got involved in it, um, I, I, I guess what my question is is that um, you know she was saved at one point, mm-hmm. and then turned to witchcraft, and then committed suicide. Like, how do I know if she's in heaven? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your sister Rhonda. That sounds very difficult, and I can tell. You're still struggling with it, as I, I'm not surprised that you are. Um, you know, I, I think this is the thing, is that we don't know and we're not put in the, the place of of judgment of these things. And so, you know, it does get into a question, was was your sister, uh, was she truly saved at one point? Did she become apostate? Was this you know, something she dabbled in, like a sin that... Um, that God forgives her of, or is this something where she was not a Christian, even though she appeared to be, you know, these are all questions that I just don't think that we can answer. And, and that that's hard on the one hand, but it's, it is comforting on the one hand to know that this is in God's hands and that he's a good God. That he's a loving God. He's a just God. And so I, I don't know that we can know if your sister was saved or not. I really hope that she was, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if we can answer that, but, um, 
one thing that I always do at, at weddings, you know, cause, I'm sorry, at funerals, I, I tend to do some funerals and, and sometimes do funerals for people who, you know, is very questionable. Did they go to heaven or not? And I don't have the ability to answer that question sometimes for people. Uh, yes or no. I don't, I don't know what was going on in their heart between them and God, but I do often remind them of what it says, in, what Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 16, where we see the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, where mm -hmm. Jesus tells them the story of this man who, who goes and he ends up in Hades. And the one thing that he wants more than anything is to go back and to tell his family members to not make the mistakes that he made. And, um, and that would be my encouragement to any of our listeners and to you who say, you know, I, I don't know where my sister is. My encouragement would be if your sister was here, what that parable tells us is that there's a few things she would want you to know. But number one amongst those would be to give your life wholeheartedly to God and not have any question to really make your calling and election sure and to, to give your life to Jesus. You know, I think that is one of these things as, as to who who is chosen, who is saved, who is not. These are all questions that um, only God knows the answer to, and we don't. So, Rhonda, I'd like to uh, pray for you. It says here that you had a prayer request. Did you have another prayer request, or was yeah, it related um, to this? Yeah, just a, it's like totally off the subject, but um, my husband hurt his knee, and um, he's seen some pain and swelling and stuff like that. So I just want to pray for just... Uh, yeah uh, well let's pray for for you yeah. in regard to your sister and and in regard to your husband so <laughs> heavenly father we pray for Rhonda and and lord my heart hurts with her as well over uh her sister and not knowing what her destiny is and lord we, we thank you that it is not up to us to decide that we thank you that we can trust that you are just and fair. You're also merciful and gracious. And we leave that decision to you because it's only yours to make. And Lord, we, we do thank you that there was a time in her life when she did turn to you. And um, and Lord, we I just pray for Rhonda that you would give her comfort in her heart, that you'd be with her in her grief over the loss of her sister. Also pray for her husband and his knee. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing uh, to his knee in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus name, amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, Rhonda. Thanks God for bless calling you. In. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to Jack in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Jack. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for taking the call. Yeah, what's up? Um, I just had a quick prayer request for you guys. Mm -hmm. My uncle has, uh, his name is Bob. He has terminal cancer right now, um, and I think he's, he's only got a few days to live. So I just wanted to ask for for uh, everybody to pray with us um, and for his family. Yeah. Great. Does your Uncle Bob, does he know the Lord? He does, yeah. He That's does. Good. Yeah. Okay, well, let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we pray for Bob, and, uh, and Lord, I thank you for his family who just wants to rally around Uncle Bob right now and pray for him. Um, Lord, thank you that in just a short time. Bob's going to be free from the pain that he's in, and he's going to be brought into glory. Lord, thank you that uh, a new body awaits him. Lord, thank you that one day we're going to be 
together in the new heavens and the new earth. And I thank you, Lord, that he has the hope of heaven. And I know that that hope takes away our fear of death, but I know for his family, it, it doesn't take away the fact that their uncle's not going to be with them. And so, Lord, I pray that these last few days, they would really be able to savor. Lord, I pray that you would be with Bob and give him comfort in these last days. Give him encouragement and hope, knowing what awaits him in you. And I pray for the family, too, that they would, as they grieve, they would not grieve as those who have no hope, but they would remember the hope that they have and rejoice in the fact that Bob is going to the place that has been prepared for him by you, Jesus. And I, I thank you, Lord. And I pray for, for all the other family members you'd use even use this in a good way in their lives. Lord, maybe to spur some of them on to say, I need to make sure that I'm right with God because life is fragile. And so, Lord, I pray for uh, those medical workers who are working with him. Lord, use them to do your work. And we pray for this family. You'd be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you very much. God bless you, Jack. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines right now, so it's a great time to call in. We've got about four minutes to the break, so give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720 720-336- Zero eight nine seven. We're going to go to our text line. We had a text message come in from someone named Jared. Uh, seems a bit urgent, so let's pray for this one. He says, my name is Jared. Please pray for my wife, Jessica. She's 21 weeks pregnant, and she just started to dilate. They are going to take her to Denver right now to a hospital to try to stop it. The doctor said if the baby comes this early, he probably won't make it. We've been trying for 10 years for baby Gabriel to come. God has finally blessed us. I'm just praying for another miracle, and God can keep him safe and my wife safe, so please keep us in prayer. Yes, absolutely. Let's pray for Jared and baby Gabriel and wife Jessica. Heavenly Father, we pray for Jared. Uh, thank you, Lord, that after all of these years of trying and praying, Lord, you've blessed him with a child. Lord, we do ask that you would keep baby Gabriel safe. Lord, we pray that uh, sovereignly and divinely, Lord, you would protect this baby, Lord, that the, the bleeding would stop, that the dilation would stop. Lord, we pray for Jessica and her body, Lord, that you would preserve uh, baby Gabriel's life in her. And Lord, that you would also use these medical professionals and all the technology that they have, Lord, to, to do that, if that's your will. And we just ask, Lord, please protect and save this baby in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jared, if you're listening to the show, just know that uh, lots of people praying for you, and we would love to hear an update, and we'd love to hear how you're doing, um, because we're going to be praying for this one and really hoping to hear a great testimony of, of God uh, doing a good work for your wife and child. We have a few minutes until our break. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to James in Green Valley Ranch, Colorado. Hi, James. Welcome, to the program. Yeah, thank you. What's up? Yeah, I was just wondering um, about the like Beth Moore and Priscilla Shire uh, Bible studies. If they were uh, sound doctrine in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not really familiar with uh, Beth Moore and Priscilla Schreier. Well, I'll say this. I, I know more about Beth Moore than I do about Pris- Priscilla Schreier. Um, 
so Beth Moore, you know, she's Southern Baptist. Um, I, I actually do have respect for her. I know our ladies here in uh, Whitefields, here in Longmont, have done her studies on occasion. They don't do them all the time, but they've done them, I think, on two occasions. And, okay. you know, I heard they're very biblical, and I know her background, and just I think that uh, you're going to be, you know, right on with Beth Moore. Uh, as for Pris Priscilla Schreier, I really don't know much about her. I know that she had uh, something to do with the, the War Room prayer movie or, or something like that, and um, right. which I, I heard good things about. So I, I really haven't heard anything negative, and I don't know anything that I could tell you, you know, avoid it for this reason. Um, okay. People I know who who I trust have posted stuff by both of them, and so the, I think that's all I can really tell you. Um, I'm sure there are people who might know a little bit more than I do about that, but uh, I'll tell you with Beth Moore, I, I don't see anything wrong. So okay. we're going yeah, to I break. Was, uh, I, I gotta let you go, concerned. James, because we're going to break. But uh, thanks for calling in, and God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. We are going to be back in two minutes' time. We're going to break. Stick with us. Call us. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If you have a prayer request, we've been having a lot of prayer requests coming in today. Uh, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you on the air. And if you have questions about something going on in your life and how to na navigate it biblically, we'd love to answer those questions for you and talk to you. So give us a call, 303 690 or text us at 720-336-0897. Again, 720-336-0897. While I've got you, let me take the opportunity to personally invite you to join us at the church that I pastor. We'd love to have you come visit us and worship with us this Sunday or any Sunday at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you are in Longmont or in maybe you're in some of the surrounding towns like Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Lafayette, Erie, uh, Lyons, and Niwa, we'd love for you to come and visit us and worship with us. Check us out online. The address is whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can listen to our messages on there. You can see uh, info about our staff and upcoming events. And check us out also on social media, uh, on Facebook, Whitefields Church, um, Twitter. We're on Instagram, all those places. So check us out on social media. And we'd love to connect with you and just be a resource that people can draw on and, uh, and listen to those messages. And, and uh, if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come worship with us. Uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, we're studying the Book of Romans this, this coming Sunday we are going to be moving into Romans chapter 10, which is just an encouraging, uplifting chapter and uh, really looking forward to it. So check that out, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's get back to our calls. We have Jeremy in Littleton, Colorado. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Thank you for answering my call. Yeah, what's going on? I just need a prayer. Uh, right now, uh, my family, myself, are... Uh, 
struggling financially. I just uh, need a prayer for God's blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, if you have a radio on in the background, if you could just turn that down, I think it's giving us some feedback. Um, but yes, absolutely. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, pray for Jeremy and uh, struggling with finances. Lord, thank you that uh, you take care of your kids. And um, Lord, you also uh, teach us to be content in whatever situation we're in. We're very challenged by Paul's words on that. So Lord, I pray for Jeremy that in the moment, Lord, you would teach him contentment with where he's at. But Lord, at the same time, we also ask that you'd provide for him financially. Provide him with a good paying job. Lord, I pray that you'd provide him with everything that he needs uh, financially. And I pray that you'd bless him, Lord. I pray that you'd open opportunities for him to make uh, money and for him to uh, have his needs met and the needs of his family financially. You know, money is a big deal. It's a big part of life. And so I pray for Jeremy, Lord, that as he is waiting on you to open those doors, Lord, would you give him patience and endurance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. God bless you, Jeremy. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have a text question came in. says, uh, is there anywhere in the Bible where it addresses the length of time that a person should fast and how often? And my answer is no. I think especially in the New Testament, uh, you know, it is a response to God. It is a way of seeking God. And I, it's not something where uh, it is told to us how often and how um, how we yeah, how often we should do it or how long we should do it. Now, uh, Jewish people had certain prescribed times and lengths, kind of rules that they had, had uh, written out in the Talmud, which was their explanation of the law. But nowhere do, does such a thing exist for Christians. And just for anyone who's listening, um, you know, fasting is, is a tool that we can use. It's a way for us to say no to our bodies and not be slaves to our flesh. To Like Paul says, I want to beat my body and make it my slave rather than myself being a slave to my bodily desires. It's a way of doing that. And it's to be used in conjunction with prayer. That's something we know from the scripture as well. So thank you for that question. Let's go over to our next call, Carmen in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Hi. Carmen. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I am struggling right now. Well, I've been struggling um, I just want like a prayer and to help me na navigate with my situation. I'm just between a rock and a hard place. However, I've been born again and I have real faith in my Lord and Jesus Christ. This lady that I have that I live with, um, she doesn't believe in God. And uh, every time that I have the Bible or I am in prayer, it's just um, like she turns away from me and. Greetings are not something that she's used to. She's not used to, like, she's brokenhearted. She's not used to affection, and that's what I give. I know God put me here for a reason with her. However, though, I struggle because uh, um, I bless the food she does, and, and I'm just struggling with her, and uh, my spirit is sad, and... I lift her up in prayer. She says a lot of profane words, and uh, I have health issues. However, though, I want—I I don't think she—she she doesn't know the Lord, but I don't even bring up that subject because 
she turns away from it so quickly. Can you help me? Like, yeah. what chapters can I read? Or yeah, here's what here's what I'm gonna do? here's what I'm gonna turn you to Matthew chapter five. This is a Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus talking, and he says this: "You are the salt of the earth. If salt has lost its taste." How shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That is what I would encourage you with. There's another place where it says something similar in the New Testament where it says, Let your words be with grace and let them be seasoned with salt. And so this idea of salt, which is a uh, flavorful element, it's a preserving element. Um, and so the idea is that, you know, be constantly just shining the light of Jesus uh, in the way that you live, in the way that you talk. But Carmen, I'm going to challenge you on one thing, and that is this, that uh, I want you to not only be nice to her, I'm going to challenge you to maybe also talk to her about Jesus directly. And I know that you're saying she may not be interested. I think there's a way that you can do it that is what we'd say winsome. In other words, it's not offensive. It's not in your face. It's not uh, confrontory. It's just, you know, hey, you're saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I want you to know that. I, I love you because I'm a Christian. God has put his love in my heart. And I want you to know that love too. And if you ever want to talk about it, I would love to talk about it with you. If you ever want to come to church, please come to church with me. Um, and just make sure she knows you're a Christian. You know, because there's this saying out there, and it's sometimes attributed to different people, right? Like, so sometimes it's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, sometimes attributed to Augustine, and it is this phrase that says, preach the gospel always, uh, and when necessary, use words. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I think it's almost always necessary because the gospel is a proclamation. It's something that is communicated in words. Now, we see here, I want you to just keep these two things in balance. On the one hand, let your light shine before others in the way that you live so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said there in Matthew 5. But the other part of that is, I want you to also consider the importance of using your words to talk about Jesus. It'd be like if I told you, Feed the poor always, and when necessary, use food. Well, it's usually necessary to use food in order to feed people. So I think the same is true when it comes to the gospel. I want to encourage you to ask God to give you the boldness and the the wisdom for how to speak to her about Jesus specifically. So let me let me go ahead and pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Carmen and just her desire to be a light to this person that uh, she is living with and uh, roommates there or however their situation is. Lord, I pray that you would give her wisdom with how to do it winsomely and in a way that will be well received, but also the boldness to step out and speak your name to this person uh, who maybe desperately needs to hear it and desperately needs to know that um, whatever, you know, hurting people are hurting people, right? And so... Uh, the fact that this woman is showing these uh, behaviors shows that there's probably something going on in her life. So I pray, Lord, that uh, Carmen would have the wisdom, have the anointing of your spirit to be able to speak your living word into the life of this person she lives with in a good way. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God Thank bless you, you Carmen. Thank you so much. I, was, I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a blessed day. 
You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got one open line. Let's uh, give that t- the number to you is 303-690-3000. If you want to call in, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Giselle in Aurora. Hi, Giselle. Hi. Hey, welcome to the program. Um, thank you. What's going on? Um, I just wanted some prayer for my mom because she's, she has fibromyalgia and she's always hurting all the time when she has to drive us to school, um, drive my brother to work. She, her feet and her legs and her back and her neck, and she's just always hurting everywhere. And I just want God to heal her. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray for your mom. Heavenly Father, we pray for Giselle and her mom and this fibromyalgia and just knowing that this is this can be so frustrating, causing pain, not knowing exactly what to do. So, Lord, we just ask for healing. And we pray for other people out there who struggle with fibromyalgia and other other similar related problems. Lord, we ask, ask that you would take away the pain, take away what's going on inside of them that's causing the pain. Lord, that they could uh, be free from that. Thank you for the promise that one day, in Christ, we will be free from all of these things. But Lord, we pray that you'd manifest your kingdom even now for Giselle's mom, that she would be healed even today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for calling in. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Um, we had a text message come in that I want to address real quick. This person asks, um, how old was Jesus when he was crucified? Does it say in the Bible that he was 33 when he was crucified? I can only find it in Luke that he was 30 when he was baptized. That is from Chastity in Denver, Colorado. So Chastity, here's the deal. It doesn't actually say anywhere in the Bible that Jesus was 33 years old, but we know that he was because we can do math. And you're absolutely right that um, scripture in Luke is is the one that's important. And I'll tell you one thing about why it's important. It's actually, um, there's there's two things. Um, Jesus came to be baptized in the river by John, and he was 30 years old when that happened. And so then we, we kind of add up the amount of time that he did in ministry. And... Um, so most Christian scholars agree that Jesus' ministry lasted three and a half years. So 30 plus three and a half equals um, 33. Uh, now we don't know exactly when his birthday was. Maybe he was, you know, 32 and a half, or maybe he was, uh, maybe he was 33 and a half when he, when he was crucified. I don't know exactly. But um, here's one thing that's interesting about why that's important is that in the book of Numbers it said that in order to be a priest you had to be the minimum age of 30. Which is really interesting considering the fact that Jesus began his public ministry at the age of 30, which is probably why Luke's gospel tells us that. They want us to understand that Jesus is truly the fulfillment of the priesthood, right? So like um, we know that Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's what it says in Hebrews. 
And so to be a priest, to fulfill all these requirements, is just one more foreshadowing of Jesus, that to be a priest, you had to be 30 years old. Jesus was 30 years old when he began his earthly ministry. It lasted for about three and a half years. Jesus was 33. That's how we get to that number. But it doesn't actually say that explicitly in the Bible that he was 33 when he was crucified. We just uh, do the math and add that up. So thank you, Chastity, for that great question. And God bless you. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Branton Loveland. Colorado. Hi, Brent. Welcome to the program. Brent, are you there? Yes, sir. There you are. What's up? Hello. Hi, you're here. What's going on? Um, I just uh, need prayer. My brother has been missing for two weeks. Um, mm. The family is devastated. We're all getting very frustrated with and angry with the police. They just don't seem like they're doing anything. Um, we're all just having a, a very, very hard time. And um, I need a uh, prayer that whoever has done this, that they would be brought to justice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that God would reveal where he's at or what's happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear the... The hurt in your voice there, Brent. Let's let's pray for your brother. Heavenly Father, I pray for Brent and his whole family. And uh, Lord, we, it's so frustrating not knowing where his brother is. Uh, Lord, we pray that he is okay. And we, we also pray that he would be found. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, Brent and his family would be able to work well with the police. And I pray that the police would be compassionate and understanding of what the family's going through and how frustrated and worried they are, and that the the police would be uh, filled with kindness and compassion towards the family right now. Um, Lord, we do pray that whatever has caused his brother to go missing, Lord, that you would really make things right. And whether that means justice or whether it means that he he turns up somewhere, Lord, we ask that the right thing would happen in this situation. And we pray, Lord, that uh, Brent and his family would rest in you knowing that you see everything. You, you are the God who sees. You are the God who knows everything. You know exactly what happened and where he's at, and that you're a God of love and a God of justice and a God of mercy. And Lord, I pray that they would rest in you. But Lord, we ask you that if he is alive, Lord, that he would turn up and that he would turn up very soon. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brent, uh, thank you for calling in. My, my heart's hurting for you guys, and I just want to ask you, you know, give us a follow up uh, when when something turns up, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. We now have open lines, so we ask that you would um, give us a call if you have a question or a prayer request. We've got about 12 minutes left in the show. We'd love to hear from you, answer your questions about the Bible, or uh, pray for your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line again. Uh, this person asked this question, how literal and how far should we take the scripture about cutting off your hand if it caused you to sin because it would be better to lose your hand than to lose your soul in hell? Um, 
yeah, how literal should we take it? I think you could take it pretty literally, um, but I think that it would be much better <laughs> for you to not cut off your hand and not gouge out your eye. You know, people have done this historically. I mean, it's something that people have done. But here's here's the issue, and here's why I would not suggest cutting off your hand, gouging out your eye, or whatever else you might think about doing. I think that Jesus is using uh, a form of hyperbole there in which he's saying, this is how extreme you should be about dealing with sin in your lives. But here's why I don't think you should actually cut off your hand or gouge out your eye. Because Jesus makes it very clear in Mark chapter 7, and I believe it's Matthew 11. But I'm going to have to check on that one, but I know Mark 7 for sure. Um, where he says, you know where evil deeds come from? You know where adultery comes from? You know where murder comes from? It comes from our hearts. And what we need more than anything is a new heart. And so, you know, here's what would happen. If you cut off your left hand because your left hand leads you to sin, um, well, you've still got your right hand. If you cut off your right hand, I don't know, maybe you get a prosthesis and um, and then maybe that would lead you into sin. You see what I'm saying? If, if your eyes, what if you gouge out your eyes, cut off all your hands and cut out your tongue, is that going to stop you from sinning? And the answer is no, because the fundamental problem we have is in our hearts. It comes from within. And what Jesus is saying there is he's saying, this is how radical, this is how serious you should take it. But I don't think that it would solve anything actually for you to to literally cut off your hand because the issue of sin is one that is in your heart. And so, and I also don't uh, recommend gouging out your heart, just to be clear. What we need is for God to do a spiritual heart surgery on us. We need for him to do exactly what he says that he will do if we will ask him to, if we'll receive the gospel. And that is that he will remove our heart of stone the sinful heart that we have, the heart that Jeremiah says is deceitfully wicked, and we need him to give us a new heart. We need him to give us a clean heart. And that is something that only God can do. See, that's the thing, is that uh, these things that we do, they are symptoms of what is going on inside of our hearts. And so that, that Jesus makes that very clear. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if we're speaking hateful words, it's revealing what's going on in our hearts. If you're doing things with your hands or your eyes that you ought not to, it's revealing a fundamental issue in your heart. And so I want to really encourage you in that way. Please don't cut anything off or gouge out any eyes, but rather ask the Lord to come in and give you a new heart, embrace the gospel, embrace what Jesus has done for you. Ask him to give you his Holy Spirit and do a transforming work inside of you. Thank you for that text message and God bless you. Let's go back to our call-in lines. We've got nine minutes left in the show. Let's go to Kristen in Commerce City, Colorado. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Good. Um, I listen to you guys all the time and you're wonderful. You do great work, so keep it up. Awesome. Thank you. You encourage me every day. Glad to hear it. Um, I just have a prayer request for my family. We're kind of going through a lot right now as far as we're trying to sell our house. I'm having some issues at work, and my husband um, is having some problems with his ear. So I just um, need a lot of prayer for that right now. Absolutely. Let's pray for you. And, and I see I have a note here that you guys are trying to sell your house. I don't know if you mentioned that, but um, we'll, we'll pray yeah. for that too. Okay. Yeah, it's so, a it's a it's a big deal. We're a lot with it right now, so. <laughs> okay, so 
Let's Thank pray you. for you. Heavenly Father, we, we pray for Kristen, her husband, uh, and and her family. Lord, just we ask uh, that as they're trying to sell this house, you'd bring the right buyer to come and to buy that house at the right price. Lord, we pray for their financial issues, that you would meet their needs, that you would open doors for them to make money, for that you would provide for them uh, with jobs and uh, and these these issues going on at work. Lord, would you please be sovereign over them, either work them out or give Kristen peace and strength to go through them and allow you to shape her through what you're doing at her workplace and those difficulties. We also pray for her husband and his ear problems. Lord, we ask for healing. We ask that you just touch him and and heal him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Awesome. God bless you, Kristen. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We are coming up to the end of the show. We've got a few more calls to take. The number to call, 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Patricia in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Patricia. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Good. Okay, so I'm I'm already in the ministry, and um, I'm, I'm a great believer. And uh, actually, the past few months, like two months, uh, I feel, I've been feeling lost. Mm-hmm. And real like I can't find myself, and I feel like if everybody, the whole world's against me, you know. And I, I wanted like, uh, I, I mean, I could go talk to my pastor, but I wanted to get another confirmation by you, you know, because I don't know what to do, you know. And and I do feel like everybody, like even my own, like my husband's family, they they don't like me from the beginning. But I feel like, like I, I this time. Other times, I'd be feeling like I could control it. God, you know, I could pray for it, and God will give me confirmation. But this time, I feel like I can't, you know, like, I'm not giving up or anything because I'm in the ministry, and I work with the children, and and, and I know God has something for me, to, you know, you know, more in front. So I want to okay. know what should I do. And so just to be clear on your question, so are, you're struggling with having joy? Is that what you're... That's what, it, yes, that's what it yeah. is. Okay, here's what. Here's the principle I'm going to give you. I don't have an easy fix for you, but I do think that this is part of the solution. Um, you know, there's a psalmist praise regularly, it seems, you know, Lord, renew the joy of the Lord in me. Give me joy again. He's asking God to give him joy. So I would start there. Ask God to renew joy in you. Here's the other thing is that I want to encourage you to do the things in the darkness that you knew in the light, right? So so do those same practices. Like it says in Revelation, you know, you've lost your first love. Go back and do the things that you once did. And, and so do those things. Take those steps. Even if you don't feel anything, take the right steps. Do those things. And uh, often see the thing about joy is that joy is... Uh, a result of other things okay so what it means is that uh, if you go for joy directly joy isn't something that can be got directly it's something that comes indirectly and I would also tell you this joy in the moment is resulting from uh, joy in the moment is results from having hope in the future okay so having hope leads to having joy so I want to encourage you to focus more and more on the hope that you have in Christ. And also remember this, that joy is a command. But the question is like, how do I just, you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps and have some joy? 
Well, here's how that works. Like I said, it's, it mm -hmm. comes as a result of something, and the result of something is hope. So I want you to focus on the hope that you have and what the Lord has done for you. Get your eyes off of you and put your eyes onto Jesus in such a way that it results in you having yes. more and more joy. I think um, that's why I've been feeling this way, because I, I, I worry too much about what other people might think, or I worry about other people's feelings, you know, and... You know, and I, I really don't know. I should just let it pass by me because I know sometimes the enemy trying to attack, you know, when you do something for God. For sure. And and so that, that's with so many of us. We get so focused on ourselves or our issues, and uh, we need to take our eyes off ourselves, put our eyes on Jesus. You know, there's a quick euphemism that I use, you know, joy. Uh, break it down. Make it uh, a word picture. Jesus others and yourself and follow that order and that's going to really help i'm going to let you go so we can get to the last caller but god okay. bless you thanks Thank for calling you. in we've got two minutes let's go to one last call kelly in aurora colorado hi kelly welcome to the program hi what's going on okay i just wanted to know if you had a suggestion for um some sort of premarital counseling workbook i do Dr. and i are talking um about marriage and we wanted to know if there's a workbook we could work Yes, I do. Um, and so this is, I'm going to give you my favorite book on marriage, the one that I walk all my uh, people through who I do premarital counseling with. There is a workbook that goes along with it and even a video series. But I got to tell you that I think the book itself is, is good. If you guys read this book together, um, just reading it, you're going to be doing great. And the other part is also get the study guide and do it. I just really felt that the book itself is really good and it is called the meaning of marriage by timothy and kathy keller so the meaning of marriage by timothy and kathy keller it's written so well it's actually for anybody out there listening it's written for people who are married people who are not married and people who are preparing to get married so they covered all the bases and uh, you know i've read a lot of marriage books over the years and really this is just the one that i think um, speaks to people today in such a powerful way. Like I said, there is a study guide that goes along with it, so check that out too. But again, the name of the book is The Meaning of Marriage by Timothy and Kathy Keller. So thanks, Kelly. God bless you. And uh, we're going to sign off now. You have been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'll be with you again next Monday. Uh, thank you for your calling and texting. And uh, for those of you who I didn't get to your texts, I will respond to those now. God bless you. Tune in every weekday for Calvary Live from 4 to 5 p.m. And I will be with you next week. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.